everybody to another edition of the Major Music Lounge podcast. Joined by Anthony Church, uh, also a music producer and a podcaster. We're going to talk a little bit about his podcast as well. I got a chance to listen to it, the Proven Knowledge podcast, to be exact. Uh, what's good, Anthony? Man, D-Dot, I appreciate you so much, man, for giving me this opportunity. I've been excited the last few days, so I'm ready, man. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, you know, just kind of like we were talking about before, um, it's not too often, I think, you know, I'm in year three of the show, and you're probably the second person who had a podcast and also made beats that did the show, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I don't have these conversations too often, so I was looking forward to it when we crossed what, I think it was maybe Friday or Saturday of last week. And, yeah, I was uh, going to say, it just happened a few days ago, so this is very, it's all very fresh, but it's exciting. All very fresh, so, man. Yeah. All very fresh. Welcome to the show. Uh, so, Anthony, tell us a little bit about, you know, who is Anthony Church? How long have you been creating music? You know, I got a chance to actually listen to your latest project, uh, Sound Origin, and uh, I really like what I heard there. And uh, I'm going to go through some more of your catalog as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been creating music? Yeah. So I actually didn't start officially on music until I was 19. So I was just out of high school at the time. Uh, me and my friend, we took a trip to California. We kind of got inspired. Uh, and by the time we got back, we decided, you know, we were going to begin music. I was going to be making the beats and he was going to rap. So we still work together. I've known him since we were, God, we were in like, probably second grade so for at least 16 17 years now we've known one another and we kind of were always fans of music and then just decided to do it so for me I started in 2016 producing so going on a little a little like short of seven years at this point uh this summer will be seven years officially um and just kind of began with FL Studio because that was a, a DAW I was familiar with just through producers that I had studied I I really spent my high school years studying music production. Uh, I think I was just kind of on the fence about beginning and actually like getting in there and diving in. I had the demo version uh, on my parents' desktop as well. So I would just go to the little uh, patterns, like the drum patterns and just make these really stupid patterns and just like mess around with it. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't until I got a laptop uh, for school after that and I ended up downloading, like buying the full version and everything um, and just getting started and just continued every day. And I really haven't stopped. I usually try to make at least one idea a day. Uh, usually when I wake up, I uh, want to get the day started with something fresh. And uh, that's kind of just what I've been doing for, you know, the last, like I said, seven years at this point and just trying to get better every single day. So, yeah, I mean, a uh, similar path in the the way that like you had a friend that you were doing beats for mm -hmm. initially when I started I had also a friend who um I did a couple of beats for on his first project and then from there it just kind of really branched out to you know different artists mentioning FL I never used too much of FL um other than like FL studio mobile on the iPad Mm -hmm. I, I remember I was getting into that at one time and um, they ended up, I guess, revamping the whole app 
and came out with a new version. And um, they, at that time, I was also already kind of using Beatmaker 3 and a couple of other DAWs. So I never really bought it to get the new version, but uh, it's definitely something I got to check out again. Uh, so all you use, like, is FL just solely? Yeah, I've, I've, like I said, I, I got the uh, FL 12 is the one I got in 2016 okay. on okay. my old laptop. It's funny because this past week, actually, I just got a new laptop for the first time in, since that first one. Uh, and the first one's not completely dead yet, so I'm going to keep you know running that a little bit. Uh, but I did just get the new laptop and I got FL 21 on there. So now this past week, I've been learning some of the little nuances for the new version because I knew that that had been out the last couple of years. I just never updated because I was like, I got these, you know, I know the workflow, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, but now, you know, getting into FL21, it's basically the same exact thing. There's just some things that have been moved around. Um, but I, I honestly think, you know, just like finding the tools that work for you, because everybody's different too. Uh, and everybody, you know, has their own way of doing things. There's people that are still doing on just the MPC, you know what I mean? And nothing else. Um, and other people just doing it strictly in the box and things like that. It's like, figuring out what tools work for you. So I think I was led to FL primarily just through the people I had studied, like Boy Wanda, uh, Hip Boy yeah. was a big one that used FL Studio. When I saw him, I was like, okay, that might be something I want to try. And just for me, it was like the ease of access and the how easy it was to learn. Because uh, I, I think it was very nice to just go in and just start making patterns, chopping samples and things like that. And uh, figuring things out early on, even though I was making a lot of bad ideas, you know, when I first started, but it's like, and I still do, I still make a lot of terrible ideas, you know, just trying to get them out there and just put things together. Um, but I think, you know, for me, FL was just the easiest one and the one that I just found first. So I went for it. It could have been Logic, you know, it could have been Ableton, um, but it just happened to be FL. So I, I think I'll probably always stick with that as long as they don't make any type of major changes to it. I think I, just enjoy it at this point enough to continue on. Um, and it gets the job done for me. So I definitely yeah. have always been a fan of what they've done. So, yeah. And uh, that was kind of like, you actually, uh, and that actually answered two questions. I was kind of thinking about, um, one of those was like, there's a, I guess a lot of, um, up and coming producers in a way may feel that, they have to try out different DAWs or different uh, beat making apps to for music production. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was going to ask, do you think that, do you think it's good to, you know, go all in on one particular DAW or do you think it's a good idea maybe to learn a couple of, of DAWs to make beats? Yeah. I think, I, again, I think it all comes down to preference and what you're looking to do. I've honestly heard for producers that are also engineers, they love to use Logic more for mixing because FL is not primarily used for mixing. Like you can do it, uh, but it's not ideal. And I've heard that mixing in Ableton and Logic is a lot better. So I know a lot of producers don't make beats in FL, but if they are working with a client and they need mixing done, they might bounce the stems out, send them over to Ableton or Logic and just mix yeah. from there. You know what I mean? So... I think if you want to do things like that, it might help as far as like, if you're just making beats, maybe you can just do it all on one. Uh, but again, I think it just comes down to personal preference and I'm definitely not closed off myself to learning other DAWs if the time comes. 
Um, I used Audacity at one point, especially yeah. in when I was in college and I took some music courses here and there. I lightly used Audacity, but I wasn't really a fan of it. I just know that like if I ever had to go use it, I could probably do it and like put things together. And even Logic and Ableton, I feel like if you are willing to learn any of them, you could really pick them up without, you know, like if you like for me, I think if you have a background of one of them very well, you can learn another one fairly quickly. You know, I, yeah. mean, I think it's just when you're starting out, you might just want to stick with one for a while and get the hang of that and figure the things out in there to then, you know, later on, if you want to expand, you can, and you're going to do it a lot more easily, I think. So. And yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with that. I mean, at one time, um, I remember being a guy that I always had to have the newest thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, after a while, after doing this production for, you know, I've been making beats pretty much since 06. And um, just where I'm at now, you know, if I knew what I know now, um, I may have stuck with maybe one or two different um beat making programs now you know i use a little bit of everything but i've kind of scaled back i guess you could say to using mainly still machine which i've been i kind of use the majority of the time mm -hmm. and everything else i use like mpc and, and reason for example um i used back i remember i had like the mpc 2000 excel then i had reason three and then, I mean, you spoke on Logic. Um, I actually mix in Logic, kind of like you were saying. I make all mm -hmm. my beats and other DAWs and programs. I make beats in Logic sometimes, but uh, mostly beats I make are either on the MPC or in machine. And I just take the, the stems, mix them down in Logic, and arrange. And then, you know, from there, I either upload online or, you know, if I use it as an artist, so be it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it really is just finding your preference i feel like and just everybody has their own things um and it's whatever you can make work the best for you and gives you kind of the best flow state too because i think you always want to be in a good flow state creatively you don't want to feel like you know it's like a job or a hassle to try and do things out of a certain program um so like i said just getting the hang of things and uh, once you get it pretty pretty much down, I think you'll always discover new things about like your DAW and like different secrets and techniques. Yeah. But um, once you get the hang of it, it's it's just so much easier. So at least for me, that's you know how I've always viewed it. So and then uh, you know something else, kind of you kind of talked about earlier was uh, why well, wonder was one of your inspirations uh, as an up and coming producer um anybody else well you know kind of look kind of listening to uh your project that's kind of the vibes i got then i get also um more like a east coast hip-hop type vibe from your uh beats that i hear so you know who are some, who are some of your other inspirations yeah, I mean, there's so there's so many. Like I said, um, well, Boy Wanda first, like I and Hip Boy, both of those people. I Hit was listening Boy, yeah. to those people I before I too. even knew before I even knew who they were. I would just hear like for Boy Wanda, it was a lot of Drake stuff because he's primarily worked with Drake over the years. So I would hear like Drake songs and hear like the signature snare that Boy Wanda has. But I didn't know anything about production. 
then later on, you know, when I'm older, I figure out, oh, he's the one behind all these songs uh, and everything. And, you know, I think my influences have like tripled in the past several years too, even going back to high school. Because um, once I got out of high school, I started studying like Jay Dilla, uh, Static Selecta. So that's yeah. like, you know, Static's East Coast. Uh, Jay Dilla's like Midwest, but obviously Jay Dilla, huge in production in general. Like everyone studies Jay. Um, DJ Dahi is one of my favorite producers for his versatility. He's worked with a ton of different people. Key Wayne, um, he's another great Midwest producer. Most recently, Apollo Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a huge fan of, of his sound now. He actually worked with one of my favorite rappers, Stally, a couple of years ago. So that's how okay. I kind of came across his stuff. And I was like, wow, this guy is incredible. So now I've been diving into his back catalog and everything. Um, knowledge love knowledge is production um there's just so many like i could i could have to look i would have to look through the music library to even see like half the people but as far as like people that i listen to on a daily basis or at least i'm studying that's a lot of the people uh past and present that i've been you know always looking at like what they've done from them working with artists to how they create a brand uh present themselves just from top to bottom, you know, they're just doing it at a high level. And then obviously people like Metro Boomin, uh, yeah, okay. Southside, people in like the Atlanta trap scene as well. So there's just so many different styles, but all those people really do it at such a high level um, and present themselves in, in the right way and in, in my eyes. So, but there's just so many, man. <laughs> so, there is. And, you know, yeah. you take a, take a piece of their sound and, you know, that that's your inspiration for creating. So, yeah. you know, nothing wrong with that at all uh the proven knowledge podcast proven knowledge podcast so yeah. i got a chance to listen uh what two days ago i was working out in the morning and um i listened to your latest episode and um it reminds me a lot of you know what we do here we like to talk about the uh artists or the producer's journey and um you know, a great podcast, by the way. Uh, Appreciate you know, it. No problem. It, it actually kind of, you know, listening to you, um, I always like to kind of see how another creator or another podcaster, you know, the, how the flow of their show goes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was really just impressed with, you know, how you answer, how you ask questions, um, how you, you know, you're a good listener for your guests as well. And I mean, it just, it just seemed very, uh, it seemed very informative. And I think, you know, one of the things that I, the reasons that I came up with for this podcast is similarly to have other creators on to kind of talk about their story and maybe some other up and coming creator or just somebody in general can kind of draw from that uh tell us a little bit about you know how did you come up with the concept for uh the proven knowledge podcast yeah so me and my buddy the one that i said we started music together we were doing a little bit of podcasting before um i officially began this show and we would do um like end of the year album reviews things like that just kind of talk about our favorite music uh and then around the pandemic when things were shut down i was listening to a lot of podcasts and there's a podcast called it's the real it's like a music podcast and they interview a ton of artists they were doing a weekly series where they would do they were in new york so they were on complete lockdown they couldn't leave their apartment 
So they would do like three interviews a day via phone call, just remote like interviews. And I was like, that would be honestly cool to just talk to artists and kind of like put out a show and just get people's, you know, takes on, you know, what it's like to be an artist and then give them an opportunity to be discovered on a different platform too. So I already had some connections through artists I was working with or people I was in contact with. So I just started reaching out and saying, who would want to, you know, be interviewed on this show? So I, I got a good amount of responses, probably like 10 or 15 people that said, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so I just kind of like dove in. And f- for me, I think the biggest challenges at the beginning was figuring out, like you said, about the formatting and things like that. Like, what was I going to ask? Um, how long was I going to keep it? Because I knew I didn't want it to be like super long. I wanted it to be like digestible for the listeners as well. Um, and then also just like me being somewhat of an introvert and not really knowing the right ways to communicate. It was really at the beginning, it was kind of a struggle to kind of get myself out there and talk to new people and um, put myself in those uncomfortable situations too. Even though it was remote, it's like, it's not face-to-face, but it's still a conversation and you want it to go well. Um, So that was always like difficult. And that still is a little bit difficult depending on who the guest is. And some guests are different than others. As you probably know, it's like some guests, you'll ask them a question. You might only get a two word response and you're in your mind, you're like, I was expecting a little more. So now I'm going to have to, you know, kind of like on the fly, figure something out to keep the flow going. Um, And I just always try to make the guests feel at home and just give them questions that feel as personal enough to where it's like, you know, it's unique to you and it's unique to your situation and everything. And um, just try and like get the most out of it. Um, And like I said, some, some are different than others. Some episodes go super smooth. I've been starting to do part two episodes too. So, um, you know, getting guests back on that I already have some chemistry with and we can kind of just do a catch up and things like that. Um, but it's been, so, it's been very great just for, you know, networking purposes, getting to, you know, when you're, when you're trying to work with new artists, especially as a producer, you know, what's a better way to do it than have like a direct interview with them. So you're indirectly figuring out if, you know, do we have the right chemistry are we going to be able to create if you know the relationship goes past just this conversation um so putting all that into motion i think that's always great and other than that it's really like for me it's like a form of therapy where you can talk to other creatives that are going through the same things as you uh and it it makes you understand that you're not alone in your journey like people are going through similar things because a lot of the times i feel like you know, we're stuck in our own heads. Uh, we have a lot of ideas and sometimes it's frustrating to get them out there. So when you talk to people every week that are going through similar things, uh, it's a lot easier to understand that, you know, there's a lot of people trying to do what you do in their own way. Um, and you just got to keep going and, and help each other out. And I just, I'm all about community building and, um, really just lifting people up where I can, you know, just helping where I can shedding light on certain artists um and you know just doing my part to give back so it's been nothing but a great experience and i love doing it so yeah yeah i mean it uh we kind of started at a similar time i guess you could say i actually did a um a online radio show prior to this with some other guys and the uh the main owner i guess of the uh the show 
he he ended up going in a different direction. So we all kind of branched out. And it really wasn't until the pandemic I was like, you know, I think it'll be a great time to really get back into this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from that, you know, you're right. Um, it It is a form of therapy because I'm too also an introverted person. You know, most people that watch the podcast probably wouldn't even, you know, figure that. And um, it's allowed me also to be able to create a platform and for these other creators to come on because we've had, you know, uh, people that have had sync and licensing placements, uh, some that have had uh, uh, release apps, some that are sound designers. So um, it also allowed me to not only network with them, but it's kind of like, you know, you mentioned community. Uh, I noticed a lot of people that I had on the show, they start following each other online, then they start working together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of a beautiful thing to see. And then even like a guest that I had on, uh, shout out to Rook One, uh, producer out of Chicago, but um, me and him, we dropped the whole album together. You know, he asked to first do a track on one of my albums and then, he proposed a whole album so we we dropped another album together and um you know to me I, it's just, just something that i have to do every week mm-hmm. uh just to you know you, you like to create daily but it's another way i guess to talk about what you do and for someone else to kind of get excited to talk about what they do and you know again it's brought several other opportunities for me and uh, I'm I'm just kind of thankful for that, and I look forward to you know what the show has in the future, not just mine, but also yours as well. Yeah, I well, I appreciate that, man. And and like you said, it's it's a good break from just being on like your laptop or just making beats all day because you could do that any day, like you said. But to get the conversation going and those ideas to get generated from the conversations, like I've had conversations where. I'll get a perspective from someone else and be like, I never even thought of that. Now let me see how I can apply that to what I'm doing. Um, so it really just gives you that insight. And definitely when, when you get hit up by someone and you're like, I discovered this artist because of this show, or now we're working together. That's a great feeling. Cause you know yeah. what you're doing is having that impact outside of just yourself as well. Um, and I do like Spotify playlists and things like that as well. And just try to, repost artists on like Instagram when I can if I see you know an artist I worked with in the past they have a new release just put them up there even if I'm not a part of the song just kind of give them that you know light to be like hey go check out this person's song today and that's always something I aim to do and the podcast is really just you know that one of the best forms of doing it so I I definitely think you know it's just going to continue to evolve and I'm I'm very excited to see you know, where it goes and who else I can, you know, get on there. So. Yeah. And, you know, kind of to tie in production and the podcast, you know, for me, especially like when I have other projects I'm working on, the workload sometimes can be, you know, it could, it could increase and it can Mm -hmm. be tough for a while. Uh, How do you balance you know, going in between doing shows. Like for me, for example, I may record. I know it depends too on how many people I have uh, waiting to get interviewed versus how much time I have for that week. 
but mm. um i try at the least to get one to two interviews done a week mm-hmm. and i usually air one show a week as well uh but you know how do you kind of balance being a producer as well as a podcaster yeah so for me for the podcast i kind of got on a good schedule of record i'll record the episodes on usually a monday or a tuesday very rarely is it on a wednesday or later um just because i try to get it recorded at the top of the week to know that i have it done I also record all the episodes about a month in advance. So I currently I'm sitting on the next uh, let's see five or six episodes right now that are ready to go. Um, and just keeping the schedule planned ahead, keeping a guest list as well. That's pretty lengthy. So each week I'm trying to get at least one confirmation of someone that wants to be on the show, whether that's reaching out to them or someone that comes to me. Um, just keeping, I just keep that on my phone and like a notes app and just kind of check off the ones that are done and, uh, keep going as far as editing goes that honestly I don't really take a ton of time on editing and I have it down to like a process where I have my intro and the episode recorded and then an outro and then I also now have an official podcast intro that I just put in this year so I have that saved ready to go if I have like a sponsor for the next few months I'll put a pre-recorded like mid-roll ad and I'll have that ready to go I'll just put that in uh, I use FL Studio just to edit the podcast too. So I'll just like slice everything up and arrange it and uh, export it. And then sometimes I have to do like conversions. Like I'll I'll record on laptop on like M4A audio files and then I'll convert them to MP3s and just put them in FL, slice them up, edit the whole thing. And I'll, I'll be done within like probably half an hour most of the time as far as just doing it. Cause I don't, I don't get into a ton of the editing with cutting out certain things unless there's like a huge gap or something, which I know a lot of podcasts, people will probably hate me for that because they'll be like, oh, you got to cut out the O's and ums and all this other stuff. It's like I could, but I try to keep it like the full conversation. I also try to make sure that during the recording that it's going as smoothly as it can anyway, so I don't have to do a ton of editing. Um, But again, I think the biggest thing for me is just planning ahead that way. You know, with music stuff, I already have got the podcast stuff out of the way. So it's like now I can focus on what I have to do during the day if I'm working on someone's project or I'm just, you know, needing to make beats to have new, fresh ideas. I can get that done primarily um, and know that the podcast is already taken care of for the week. So the next week, you know, hopefully I've planned ahead again and we can we can just continue the cycle. Uh, And it changes just based on, you know, what's happening every week. But that's kind of the main um, schedule that it looks like for me and how it's gone since the beginning. So, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's kind of like I plan at least a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm catching up, though, because I had surgery recently. And at that particular point in time, I was already like about a month or so mm-hmm. um, ahead and um, I wasn't doing anything for a month, so I just kind of dove right back into it. So I'm kind of doing these maybe week to week or a week ahead. Every once in a while, I actually do a uh, solo episode where I'm just kind of talking about whatever's a popular topic in the music world or particularly like the music production community, uh, just to kind of gauge people's interest in you know whatever's trending at that mm-hmm. point in time. Uh, but Outside of that, um, I would say production, I try to aim at least to do a beat a day. And then when I'm doing albums as an artist, uh, 
you know, that can vary based off of just whenever I have time to record, but mm -hmm. I may pace myself three months or six months, depending on the type of EP or album it is. Um, but again, you don't want to force creativity, just let it come natural. And to me, that's, that's the best way to create. I don't like to just create to create. So Yeah, exactly. I, I got kind of the, to the point where I, it doesn't even feel right if I don't make at least one beat a day. So I usually do it in the morning. Like I, I'll wake up, I'll get like my sorts about me. I'll probably like put water on my face, obviously. And then I'll fire up the computer and just make something. And usually it's nothing great, but I'm just like, okay, I got that out of the way. Now I can kind of get the rest of the day started. Yeah. Don't know how healthy that is. So it's probably <laughs> not healthy at all, but that's like where I'm at. So I'm like, okay, I, at least I got one idea. I can live with myself for the day. Now I can go get all the other stuff done and yeah. like get it going. But yeah. that might just be like the repetition in my mind of like, you've done this now for this many years, just keep it going. You know what I mean? Just keep going. So, yeah. but so, some mornings, uh, depending on, you know, how my day goes, I, I may get up and create. I'm actually better creating in the morning than I am yeah. later. At night. So, yeah. yeah. I feel that because it's it's crazy because like music primarily you think about especially like producers and things like that you think about people being in the studio late at night or like past a certain hour I'm I can't do that my body cannot do that I need sleep at like a reasonable hour so yeah. I'm like I'll just get my good stuff done in the morning or like right before noon and that's where I feel like okay I got at least I got the ball rolling today you know what I mean because if I'm not in there at 3 a.m. I'm just oh, not, no. I'm not doing it. There's it no way. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. So I credit I mean, people that are able to do that, but not for me. And the morning to me, like, I don't know, I guess let's say 7, 8 a.m. That's kind of like a peaceful time for me. So that's yeah. why it's easy for me to create at that time. It's a lot more quiet. Yeah. You got more, <laughs> you got more, uh, mind room to think then when the day gets going it's like just chaos usually so so uh what does anthony church have planned for the rest of 2023 i know we just we're about to enter april so i guess you know we're about a a good portion of the way through the year not quite halfway but you know you got any plans for any upcoming projects or working with any artists yeah, so the first thing that I know for sure is coming out is uh, Sound Origin Volume 2, as you probably heard, number one. Uh, that's coming out in July, so I already have that submitted to DSPs and everything. Um, I, we're also working on a compilation album for Proven Knowledge. It's going to have a lot of the past guests of the podcast, all different artists and producers. Um, we're actually putting out some singles currently. We got another one dropping Friday. We've already dropped two. Um, so we're doing like a little single series with some different artists and things like that. And then that'll lead to the album. We're hoping to have the album out later this year. Still got a few more songs uh, we need to get done for it. And then I'm working on a full album with an artist named Grizz. Uh, he's from Columbus. Uh, now he's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we dropped a song last year called Solo. Uh, and that was kind of like the first like bit of what we're working on. And uh, it's going to, this project's probably going to be around 10 songs in total. And I'm trying to do more of that of just uh, doing full projects for people, probably more along the lines of EPs, but this is kind of like in between the album EP realm. 
uh, add 10 songs and it might, it might change because, uh, you know, he's still working on recording some of it as well, trying to have it wrapped up in the next month or so. So we got that coming out. Um, and then just, you know, waiting to see if a lot of these placements are coming in. Uh, there's some artists that I'm still working with, still waiting to see. Um, and you never know what else could come. I mean, I think, you know, as well as I do, especially as a producer, it's like some of the opportunities will come or they might not come for a while, but it's just like planting the seeds to kind of make sure that they eventually see the light of day. So. Yeah. Uh, whenever those projects come out, definitely, you know, reach out. I would love to hear those. You know, I liked what I heard so far. So definitely yeah, um for sure and i always ask this question if you could work with three artists that you've never worked with before who would those three artists be three could be three of your favorite artists could be maybe uh some people that are independent yeah oh there's so many artists i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to think of who i've been listening to i know who i said earlier uh Stally. I would definitely okay. work with him oh, yeah. because he, I'm a fan of he's from uh he's from Maslin, Ohio. So that's like 20 minutes up the road from where I am. So for me, Stally's always been like a hometown hero, even though he kind of got a start in Brooklyn and more of the East Coast sound. Uh, he's got that Midwest energy. Like when he dropped Lincoln Way Nights, yeah. I was like, this is that Midwest sound that I love. Like he he to me is like the quintessential Ohio like rapper. Like there's been people come out of this area, but like I've always been a big style, even when he was on MMG and now he's doing being independent again and just putting out different albums and projects. Um, Stally would definitely be one of them. Man, I would I would have to really I would have to really like think about it. Um, I know like as far as I could probably do producers too. Yeah. Because like producers are um, obviously some, some people that I pay attention to a lot um i think hip boy obviously would be one just because he was primarily one of the main sources of inspiration of why i started to begin with just kind of like his route from being someone that was signed from a small town and then created his own label with independent artists and now he's working with nas and all these other people just doing some of the biggest albums we see out there not just in hip-hop but just in music in general um and just always been a fan of his sound um man that is a tough one for third good boy Stanley any man trying to think of who I who I listen to on a daily basis because there's it's it's really so many artists too it is that exist and and it's crazy because I feel like I discover new music all the time now especially with being able to stream so much music uh and discover new artists and everything like that um honestly i think as far as rappers go another rapper that really um got me into hip-hop was lupe fiasco because he i discovered him in 2006 around the time that food and liquor came out but i discovered yeah. him on the video game nba live 07 because kick push the song was in that video game i remember hearing it i was like this beat is awesome like what is this 
And so I just looked into his music and I've been a fan of his for the longest time. Like he, him, like Kanye and Jay-Z are probably the reasons I became a hip hop fan. So I would say Lupe, cause he's always just been such a great lyricist. Yeah. Um, and just his journey too, of, you know, being an artist and the situations he went through with Atlantic records and just getting out of that. And now again, another guy that's independent, who's just doing amazing work still and putting out great bodies of you know work and albums and uh i always hope he doesn't retire because he always says you know he's gonna be done or whatever and then he comes back um and drill music and zion that came out last year that was one of my favorite albums of the year so lupe is always someone that i always every time he drops and i got to see him in uh see 2021 for he did like a food and liquor like a mini tour uh, so I when he came to Cleveland, I got to, I finally got to see him. Okay, so it was definitely cool to, to get to experience that. So. Staley, Hit Boy, and Lupe Fiasco. That's like honestly that a list. pretty good three. Cause I've listened to all three of those guys for a long time. So they're definitely three of my biggest, uh, influences. So, well, you know, I hope you at least get a chance to do something with, with one of them, at least Staley. You know, given that he's from your hometown, kind of yeah. in that vicinity. So, you know, uh, I it's hope crazy it because, um, uh, Hip Boy, too. Like, I just talked to his engineer yesterday, David Kim, uh, for the second time. Uh, I had him on the podcast a couple of years ago. Uh, and we just caught up yesterday and talking about because he mixed all the Nas albums. Like, he's mixed the majority of the things that Hit has been a part of. Um, so just getting to talk with him. And I also had his cousin JB on the show a couple of years ago too. So like connections are there. So you never really know. I mean, yeah. um, and Stally too, one of his producers, Jay Patterns was on the show as well. Um, if Stally's ever looking for beats, he always says he's never looking for beats. So, cause he has like certain people and he works, like we said, he worked with Apollo Brown. Like how am I top on that? You know what I mean? But you never know. You never so, know. We'll see. You never know. Somebody could be looking for that that new fresh sound. Yeah. Want to go in a different direction, man. I, I hope for the for same sure. as well, man. But you know, we'll see. To, I gotta step up my game. That's all I know. But keep, keep <laughs> on leveling up, man. Yeah, man. Uh I wanted to let you know, you know, it was definitely a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, you know, like I we talked about it earlier. You know, later down the line, if you want to do this again, uh, feel free, reach out anytime. And, uh, you know, I wish you the best of luck with the podcast, the music, everything else in life. Absolutely, man. And I, like I said, I appreciate you for even getting back to me on such short notice and wanting to do this, you know, a few days later and uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's incredible. Like I said, I'm a fan of your show. That's why I asked in the first place. Um, and I think what you're doing is very important and keep it up, man, because you. You, you got a great thing going as well. So thank you. I truly appreciate that. Um, give your Instagram and, you know, all your platforms where our listeners and our viewers can find your content and your music. Yeah. So streaming platforms would just be uh, Anthony Church. I think the unfortunately, Currently, all my handles are a little bit different, but primarily I'm on Instagram and that's at Anthony underscore church 24. Uh, and if you go in the bio, you'll see my link tree and that has pretty much everything in it. 
Um, so you'll be able to go to the TikTok, YouTube, BeatStars, all that good stuff. Uh, connect with me anywhere. Feel free to email me to anthonychurch24 at gmail.com or just shoot me a DM on Instagram. So usually answer both those in a timely fashion. So yeah, go ahead, hit him with a follow, check out the music, uh, check out the Proven Knowledge podcast as well. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram at D dot underscore major music. Uh, same thing on TikTok as well as look me up on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter, I talk a little bit more sports, you know, in addition to the music. So just be ready for that. I was going to say, I guess I got to dip into the Twitter too. Got to dip into Twitter world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, Man, Uh, I got to follow you on on TikTok and Twitter as well, man. And, you know, um, definitely been a pleasure having Anthony Church on and catch new episodes of the Major Music Lounge podcast on a YouTube channel, D that major music, as well as all podcast streaming platforms every Friday. This has been another episode of the major music lounge podcast, D dot and Anthony church. And we are out. Never content about the progress. Ride on the highway, watch the sunset. Allergic to a hater. Don't need no stress. Go harder, go home. I'm giving no less.